You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. Hey, honeys and hunks. Finally, another returning episode of Hard Court Honeys. Thank you for being patient with us. Since none of us are tech savvy, we had some technical hiccups over the past few weeks, but now everything has been finally set and now we are ready for the new season. Shay, with the new calendar out, is this making you even more giddy for the season? Oh, I'm so excited. I have seen where some of our former players, now former players, are returning, including Steven Adams on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I am stoked for that because, you know, I, I am excited to see New Orleans. Hopefully they're a little bit healthier, but I'm just ready. I'm so ready to see how these teams just look. Ugh. It's going to be so good. And Jade, what are you looking forward to more? The holiday season in general or just the tip off for the new season? Oh, well, like my family doesn't really celebrate the holidays. So oh, it's okay. all basketball all the all time. Basketball. See, my family balls out for holidays. So like right now my house is just, and I mean this in the best way, if Christmas vomited everywhere. <laughs> this week, since we've missed the past few weeks, we got lots to cover. We're going to do a quick recap of all the major trades and free agent signings. We're going to talk about Lakers' big offseason, the Clippers' issues that seem to be unraveling more and more every day. We're going to talk about the Warriors' unfortunate situation. We'll break down the Russ and John Wall trade, the league backing off of testing the electric lettuce, and Christmas Day games. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. So Lakers add Marc Gasol, Montrez Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder. Jade, how much does this separate themselves from the rest of the league now? Ah, the Lakers. That's Jade's feeling. (laughs) The ongoing saga that is the Lakers. I don't know that it separates them that much. Um... And when you look at the contracts that LeBron and AD signed, that's where you're trying to separate yourself is, is those two guys, right? You don't really have the cap space to do it in your supporting cast as much. I mean, Marcus all had a rough year for the Raptors last season. I don't expect to see him return to the Marcus all of the championship season. Honestly, I think he's just kind of hit that decline mark and that's, where we're at. Schroeder's a good pickup for them. I think that it's nice that they actually added somebody (laughs) young-ish to a team that is one of the oldest by average in the league. That's going to be really important for them moving forward. But I I think the separation is, is signing those extensions with LeBron and AD more than it is anyone else that they picked up. And so you mentioning the new contracts of AD and LeBron. So LeBron signed a max two-year deal for $85 million, and AD signed the five-year max deal. Shay, will the Lakers be able to keep AD once LeBron leaves? Because that whenever LeBron leaves a team, usually they fall for a bit. I... Usually, I think that's 100% of the time. That's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're just wasting money on LeBron at this point. I mean, sure, he was MVP, last season season before last season was Giannis so we're uh, we're three seasons of the finals of the finals but like no great distinction there because it is important that like he's not the MVP of like the entire league he was the MVP of the finals so like sure an extension a raise a bonus whatever the Lakers think that they need but like he's freaking LeBron it's not like he I don't I don't know like I just don't get the whole Lakers dynamic right now. My new theory is no longer that LeBron is just coaching the team is that he's running the team. Like even in the front office, because that's how like much just they give him. So that's it. Shay, does LeBron finish his career as a Laker or does he do the two years and then wait to see where Bronny goes? Oh, I see. I think that because he'll want to play a season with Bronny. 
But if Ronnie goes to OKC, that'd be funny. <laughs> Jay, do you think LeBron's going to finish as a Laker or do so, the two years and then play with his boy? I'm super interested to see how this plays out because we know LeBron's got an ego on him. We expect Bronny to be a high draft pick, which means the type of team that is going to draft Bronny is not going to be the type of team that I think LeBron James is going to be super excited to go play for after leaving Cleveland for Miami. The only reason to go back to Cleveland was to get that championship, and then he was out again. So Cleveland's not a big enough market for him, even though it's his home market. And then he went to L.A. So, like, if it's Charlotte or it's, you know, the team that is likely to have that high draft pick at the time, I don't know how he's going to reconcile his ego with his desire to play with his kid or if he's going to try and do some you know, some acrobatics to make a trade happen so that Bronny gets traded to wherever he is. And I don't think he has that kind of pull, but I have a feeling he thinks he does. So I'm super curious to see what happens with that. Well, when you've been getting your way for almost your entire career, exactly. like going to the other LA team, Clippers lose Harrell to the other one. They got Serge Ibaka to replace him. Jade, you know Ibaka from the championship year. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, Shay, you know him for OKC, so I'm going to ask this for both of you. Will that be enough to cover for Harold, Jade? I think it's enough. I think you're not going to expect to see Ibaka play the same type of game as Harold. I think Ibaka's offensive game is a little bit more... I just lost the word I wanted to use. Well-rounded. Versatile. It's more versatile. So I think offensively you're gonna you're getting an upgrade with Ibaka and I think defensively again Ibaka's defense is not the same as Harold's his man defense I don't think is quite as good but his rim protection is a lot better so I think you're trading pieces that every, once you wash everything out you're getting a boost on offense and it's about the same on defense but in different ways Shay do you agree with Jade there or do you have another opinion since you've experienced a different Ibaka Honestly, I think that they're kind of hard players to compare just because they are so different. I'm interested because I think that Ibaka, one, is a cool guy. Two, has been very open that that was not his first, but he answered Kawhi's text and was like, sure, I'll go to LA. So, you know, and, and having that kind of chemistry could be something that maybe, and I'm not blaming Harold because I totally get his complaints about Kawhi getting preferential treatment, PG getting preferential treatment. That word sounds really weird when I say it out of my mouth, so I'm never going to say that word again. But, you know, bringing in one of Kawhi's old teammates was a brilliant idea because we have talked about the lack of chemistry. And obviously, if your teammates are mad that you're getting special treatment, then like, you're not going to want to play with them super well. Like it's even if you try your best, there's going to be a mental block there. And that couldn't be the thing with Harold. And again, he obviously played well. He, you know, was one of the co-winners of six man of the year. It's just, it's different because like Ibaka might come in and be like, yeah, I'm totally fine with like Kawhi traveling and being late and getting whatever from the team that I don't get because I don't need that. So, you know, there could be some chemistry issues that are somewhat resolved. I'm not going to say that like Ibaka is like the one who's going to bring it together and like fix the Clippers chemistry, but I do think it helps. He's a really likable dude too. I think it might have a bigger impact than people are expecting, especially because he and Kawhi obviously got close in Toronto and for people who think maybe Kawhi just, you know, recruited him based on his play. No, it wasn't just based on his play. They were buds in Toronto. Has Kawhi Leonard ever been on anybody else's YouTube show? No. But no. he was on Church's How Hungry Are You show. That's the kind of relationship they were able to establish in only one season in Toronto. And so having Serge be one, a guy that everyone else is going to like anyways, and also a guy that meshes with... Kawhi well I think he just he might be a glue type piece that kind of pulls everything together especially since they did get rid of Harold who according to reports was pretty vocal about not liking just the preferential treatment also supposedly Harold said that the Clippers never gave him an offer 
Right. Which I don't know the validity to that. So um, I mean, it, that makes sense to me if the Clippers are trying to fix the chemistry and you know, if Kawhi was going to go out and, and recruit Ibaka, smart thing to do is tell your front office, hey, I'm going to try and get Ibaka to come. And so then why would you make an offer to Harrell? True with that. Paul George is doing a lot of finger pointing for the performance of the team last year and the chemistry. Jay, does he have valid points or is he just avoiding the blame? I thought long and hard about this because my gut reaction was he's just avoiding blame. But... I think it's a combination of both things. I think if it had been one or the other, the Clippers might have been measurably better than they were. But the fact that it was both together was what created the dumpster fire that was the Clippers playoffs. There's obviously a chemistry problem. We knew that from the start. We talked about it before. My theory that the front office didn't handle it well in terms of communicating to the players and getting buy-in that, Here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. So there was bitterness. There was resentment because these guys are getting special treatment. But then on top of that, Paul George didn't show up when he needed to show up. All right. the preferential treatment was supposed to be so that when they got to the playoffs, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard could go off and do their thing. Well, Paul George didn't do that. So you already have the resentment from the treatment. And the only thing... The only thing that could have changed that was for Paul George to be playoff Paul. And that didn't happen. So now you're just layering crap on top of crap. So I think it's definitely a combination of both. Yeah. Well, I was listening to an interview with it. And that's the reason why I bring it up is because he was really nothing was his fault. Everything was yeah. everybody else's fault. Yeah. You can't be the guy that gets special treatment and then not take any responsibility. responsibility. He could have, exactly. He could be right. He could be right about the other points he's making, but he completely loses credibility. If you don't start with, first of all, I didn't show up right. I didn't do what I needed to do. And then the other stuff. If you, if you don't point the finger at yourself first, your credibility is shot. Mm -hmm. So Shay, if you were a clip, Clippers player after hearing what Kawhi and Paul George did last year with the resting and Kawhi showing up late for stuff would you get mad about them getting all their needs met oh yeah no especially because like my personality uh-uh like you know I I'm all about like equality isn't always about you know the same treatment for all right but when you <laughs> are allowing for special treatment to go to guys that are not even showing up to the game, you know, and their skills aren't paying off. And then yet other people are probably like, well, I need a week off too, or I need every other game off too, or, you know, like fill in the blank of what I need to be the top performer. I would be so vocal about it just because that's my personality. And I'm sure that there's other guys that like are talking to their agents or other staff that they have. And they're like, this is not right. Because again, it's not about like, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm sure there's special treatment on every team. And sometimes that is necessary because of certain injuries past, you know, whatever players, body types and size, like, that, and that's understandable and it should be understandable. However, when it's as bad as we are hearing from the Clippers side, and then like Jade said, like Paul George not really taking accountability for it, it just has me question what other things could be happening for other Clippers players that could, Im again, improve that chemistry. Because if these two guys are getting it, why isn't anybody else getting it? Because it's it's a team sport. So if one right. person getting the other thing, like we got to balance out everything with it. And yeah. one of the things I was hearing from players was it would be game time decisions with Kawhi and Paul if they'd want to play that day, which that's that ridiculous. was the thing where I was like, that's not fair. Mm -mm. Right. You can't go because then you have to change your entire game plan. I don't like that. Yeah, that bugs me too. Gordon Hayward's contract. What the hell, Jade? What, what the, hell? the actual hell? Like, I don't know. My this happened weeks ago. We've tried to record this three times, so we've talked about it three times, and it's no less mind-blowing the third time than it was when the Woj bomb dropped and we saw this max contract for Gordon Hayward. Like, I don't understand it. I, uh, I, I think he is a player that is probably a little bit underrated by the fan NBA fan base league-wide. 
I think he is overrated by the Boston fan base, other than, you know, more savvy, less casual fans like uh, Shannon Walsh, who's part of Belly Up Sports, who's a Boston fan. She was super happy to see him go. I don't understand the money. I don't understand the money for a guy who hasn't been healthy for three seasons now. I don't understand the money for a guy who hasn't been an all-star in multiple seasons. I don't understand the money for a guy that cannot be the centerpiece of your team. He's not that guy. He's a great role player. He has um, the highest points average for his usage at 22% of any player in the league. That's worth something. Is it worth 30 million a year? No, no, it's not worth that much. It's just not insane. So then Shay, is Michael Jordan up for worst owner? So he's not even purposely sabotaging his team like James Dolan. Like, right. And that's kind of the issue is like James Dolan is in a whole different category because he's in New York, right? So no matter what, you have a built-in fan base because it's New York City. People come here. I say here because I live there. I Just in case anybody doesn't know. But the whole thing with that is Jordan is running the team in a similar way to James Dolan, but in Charlotte where – I've never heard anyone's like, I'm going to go to Charlotte for like vacation unless they live in the vicinity and they like, you know what I mean? Like they do take a road trip for like an hour there. Like New York City is a destination that people go for other things. And then even if you're not a basketball fan, there are people who will go to whatever event is going on at MSG just to go to MSG. Like that is a thing. And I know that because I went to a preseason game a couple of years ago and there were so many tourists there that had just bought tickets because it was a preseason game and going on. So like they are going to make money always Charlotte. If they did not have a, a star owner would not like, no one would talk about them except for the mistakes that this owner was making. I think a lot of people give him grace because he is like Michael Jordan and I get it. I mean, he is Michael Jordan and he is a great basketball player as an owner. Oh, he's failing. The Hornets have to fight for a time when it's a college basketball t- state with Duke and UNC, University exactly. of North Carolina. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's kind of almost like an Oklahoma City where it's like it's a football state. Right. So any fan base they can get in OKC, thumbs up. Thumbs up. And hey, we're still technically loud city, except for not this year, because we won't have fans. But you know, like we have a very big fan base, again, because it's small market, you get carryover from Kansas and uh, all the other states around the area that don't have an NBA team that are heavily football. I mean, University of Kansas is pretty good for their college basketball as well. But for professional wise, you get the area. But you make a really good point because North Carolina is like football nation. And if the team wasn't somewhat good or have some players, like they're not going to be fans, AKA the Charlotte Hornets. So like, it's just, and and you're so close to Kentucky. I mean, that area of the country is so good for its college basketball players. So why would you cheer on a failing Charlotte Hornets when you can watch good football and good college basketball? Warriors, Clay Thompson tore his Achilles after healing himself from a torn ACL. Jade, is this the beginning of the end of his career, kind of like a D Rose situation? Yeah, I don't know if I would say it's the beginning of the end end, but it's it, I think it's the end of All-Star Clay. I, I, I don't know how you come back from injuries like that back to back and get back into playing all-star level basketball at his age. Um He'll have sat out for two years. His conditioning is going to be a mess. His mechanics are going to be rusty. It's going to take him another year of the end of his prime years just to get back into NBA-level conditioning. And that's without even knowing how he's going to be on those injuries, how he's going to mentally be with the injuries. Like lots of times, guys, they're physically healed, but there's a mental block of, oh, what if I hurt it again? And they don't play quite as hard. They don't take quite the same risks. And those are things that make great players great. So I think he's he's going to be back. I think he's still going to be an impressive basketball player. But I don't think we're ever going to see the old Clay Thompson ever again. 
Shay, how do the Warriors look as a team without Clay? Yes, they have Kelly Oubre. Wiggins is going to be coming off of a year where he's got higher expectations with things. Um, this is a really competitive Western Conference. So how can the Warriors get things done? I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, again, I think that they're going to be a, a contender for the playoffs. You know, like that's not too hard to do nowadays um, when you have the talent that they do. I don't think that they're going to be claiming like a number one, even maybe a, even a top four seed. The the three and four would be really difficult for them because you have some decent talent, but you don't know if they're going to play play well together. You don't know where Steph's going to be at. Um, and and again, I'm glad that he did get the time off from the bubble, but he and he is young enough to hopefully bounce back and have a certain amount, but he's still going to have to find his comfortability on the court. Like you don't just come back and, and you're perfect. And especially the one thing about missing the bubble that might be an issue for Steph is the fact that he hasn't played without fans. So, you know, and that's a guy who like, you know, is really great with the fans in an area where he is loved and he has been used to that. So I'm curious to see, how that will play off. I, I mean, again, I think they'll, they'll make it to the playoffs. I'm not really worried about them, but it, like you, you stated, it's a, it's a stacked West. And honestly, there's going to be a lot of competition from the East. They have, there's a nice little thing going on that I'm excited to watch, but the West is like completely stacked to where it's, Oh, it's going to be hard for them and they're going to have some real competition. And I hope that motivates them to figure out their chemistry issues. Unlike how the Clippers were, Somehow a stacked West last season did not motivate them to figure that out. And that's why they didn't make it to the finals. So I hope that doesn't happen to Golden State. Yeah, I could see the Western Conference this upcoming season being like ninth seed. I could see them having 48 wins. Right. And then still not getting into the playoffs. Exactly. It's going to be tough. Russell Westbrook, John Wall trade, pretty much straight up. Jade, who won this trade team-wise? Oh, that's hard. Um... I think I'm going to call it a draw. Uh, both players had asked to be moved, so they had to do something. I think John Wall's probably a little bit of a better player at their comparable points in their career still, but I think Wall going to Houston with Harden still there is not necessarily a roster move that I think makes sense or one that they would have made had they not been forced into making something happen. On, on the parts of both of those teams. So it, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm also interested to see what Houston's offense especially looks like with the new front office and the new coach. Maybe the change in coaching away from Dan Tony, who just, you know, really just did a, a game plan centered around James Harden. Maybe that will be the piece that moves things for Houston. And if they can make that work, like the two of them together should be scary. But because of what Houston's recent history is, it's a big question mark of whether they're going to be able to make it work. Is Harden's play style going to change? Because for the two of them to work, one of their play style has to change. It has to. Shay, when it comes to the individual players, who won? Who's going to have the more successful season? I personally think going straight off of what Jade said, I think it's going to be Russell Westbrook, and this is not a biased... Okay, it's always going to be a little biased when I answer in positive with Russell. But I think this is a good thing for him because last season, in order to have a chance with Houston, he gave up what his wants were in order to be the second man on the team. And I think that was hard for him, and I think that was necessary for the development in his career and him personally. I think that's important. But it obviously didn't work because it was hard for him to find his footing with Harden, which again, it seems that everyone has a little bit of a hard time figuring out how to find their footing with Harden, which, yeah, I don't like him, so that's fine. Um, I think that a team like the Wizards with Russell Westbrook is perfect because that team needed to be revived. And if one thing... For Russell, even at his worst of the worst of the worst, he is energy. So when you talk about like a complete revitalization, like Russell Westbrook couldn't be like, there couldn't be a better match for that because he's like putting electricity into 
like like plugging in he's basically plugging in the wizards to where they're they can come alive again and so i'm i'm really excited for that i mean i think john wall's a good player and of course i don't want him to fail at houston but as long as harden is there and as long as he is exalted in the way that he has been and prioritized and all of that there's no way there's going to be a success at least as successful as like making it to the finals like that's not going to happen Harden needs needs a renovation himself. Wizards has got themselves a pretty nice situation. Also, isn't Scott Brooks still the coach? Yes, yes. And so the fact that you have a coach that already worked with Russell, I think that's really cool because as far as I know, never had any bad blood. And if anything, they kept a very good relationship. So it's cool to see that, you know, Brooks was there for the beginning of Russell's career. And now he can kind of be a mentor in this midseason for him. So I think that's also going to be really beneficial to to Brooke's success as a coach. And for Russell, you know, again, to have someone that knows who he is at his rawest. And now that he has developed as a player, as a person, and as a personality. Jade, what do you expect from an injury-prone John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins? Oh, you hope they manage to stay healthy, but I think all you could do is hope for that. If if they can stay healthy, and that's always the caveat, right? If your team is healthy, we know that that is one of the biggest factors outside of what you can do on the court. You have to be able to be on the court. I think you've got two guys whose health is questionable at best, and I would be surprised if either of them make it through the season and miss fewer than 10 games. If they're able to do that, we they might have something, but I don't see it happening. And I don't see those as players that you're looking to build with long-term. I see them as a stopgap in, okay, well, we've still got Harden here. We've got to do something, but we're not ready to blow it up yet. So what do we do? What's available? Who can we get? Just recently, just within the past few days, Adam Silver has announced that the Gonge won't be did for players. Jade, what do you like about the idea? I mean, it's about freaking time. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's nice to see that the NBA is setting the standard of being a progressive league in all of the ways that matter. They're doing it with cultural and racial inclusivity they're doing it with gender inclusivity and now they're doing it for something that let's face it people have been doing people do in every state whether it's legal or not we know this you know it's been decriminalized and there are lots of reasons to do it that are not in line with what the stereotype is that people think of when it comes to smoking weed i use it for pain management because i have fibromyalgia but also i get all my best article ideas i get all my best problem solving ideas for work it's it's part of what's helping me advance my career because of the way that it makes my mind work and it's not automatically that you do it you're lazy or you do it you have you know personality pro problems or problems with authority and it's nice to see that the nba is joining 2020 in the way that North America as a whole is starting to look at use of marijuana. Shay, <laughs> what's your overall thoughts on this? No, I'm on the same page because a lot of people are like, oh, well, and I think too, like the overall rhetoric is that it's like, you know, people party and get high. Honestly, I've never partied and gotten high on marijuana. Like, usually I like it to chill and to like watch a movie and to laugh. And like, if I'm hanging out with my friends, but like, I'm not just like sitting around like in a club, like wasting smoking weed. Right, right. Like wasting my life be being stoned on, on weed. Like it is a natural thing. And if we are going to continue both in the United States and Canada, since, you know, Jade's up there, if we're going to continue to normalize it as medicine, which is what it is, whether or not it's mental, physical, we also need to normalize it in, in recreational use because like in the same way that people drink wine or, or beer on Friday nights to relax, like that's how a lot of people use it. And 
we have mm-hmm. to also remember that these players are under an intense amount of stress. I mean, people want to complain all the time about how much they are paid, which, you know, and I don't mean like Gordon Hayward contract complain, but like if you, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I mean, like people are like, Oh, they make so much money. If anything, the amount of pressure that these players in any professional sport put on their body and then the money that their teams and their you know, owners and all of that that they make off of these guys' talents and pain and long-lasting effects if they have any kind of injury, they should be getting paid more. They are underpaid, in my opinion. And again, because of the amount of money that goes into these type things with the investments, I mean, it's ridiculous. So these guys are stressed, I'm sure. They're away from their families. So like, if they want to get high and eat a weed brownie, like, good for them. Like, they are humans. Ex- exactly. But it's also, like Jade said, it's great for pain management. If we're going to normalize medical marijuana, I mean, some of these guys are in immense pain. Why are we drug testing for something that is legal? And like a majority of the states now if, yeah. for medicine and s- some of the states for recreational, it's like, why are we going to have an issue with that? Shout out for Al Harrington. Because he owns his own dispensary business, I think in Colorado. And he was the player that opened the doors and eyes for David Stern and Adam Silver a couple years back. Because he was just like, okay, this is what my business looks like. Yes, you can smoke it. But here's creams. Here's pills that have lower grade THC in it that will help with pain. That'll help with stress. It's not like every player is going to sit down with a bong and just use three of those before they exactly. go on the court. They're like, let's do it. I mean, they I might mean, be J.R. Smith, but. If they do, that's their own stupid fault. Exactly. <laughs> that is very true. And I mean, there have been players that were able to do it, like that We Believe team for Golden State in the late, uh, late 2000s. Matt Barnes, Al Harrington, Baron Davis, all of them, they would light up before a game. Good this is during like their playoff series where they beat Dallas in the first round at the eighth seed. Jay, do you think this will continue into next season or is it just because of COVID helping the players deal with stress? I think if they, since I think since they have made the step, they're not going to be able to, to, to pull it back next season. I, I think they're saying this season to be on the safe side to say, oh, this season, blah, but no, it's got to be permanent. I feel like right now the way this is going is like NBA is being like a parent, like, okay, we'll let you do it, but please stay here. Can you do it at home? (laughs) Just make sure you know what you're taking. Like, just please. That's just all we ask for. But Shay, do you agree with Jade that it will just continue through next season and from here on out? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling like it's, I don't think it's going to be like a, like a short term thing. I think that this, this needs to continue and expand to other leagues. And it'll be part of whenever the collective bargaining agreement is up for renegotiation. Exactly. They'll have to do it season by season until then. Right. But once they right. do the next CBA, it'll be permanent. Exactly. I think, and, and again, that'll set another standard once it is a permanent thing. And by then we might even have it completely legalized because it, I mean, that's, we're on our road there already. So I don't want players like if alcohol testing was a thing, all the players would, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> everyone it, would fail. <laughs> okay. Except for Russell Westbrook. Cause he doesn't drink, but you know, it's, it's a thing. Like I just, I don't get the whole idea of like testing for marijuana when like, what does it do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're doing like steroids or hardcore drugs or like participating in like the cocaine trade like that's a that's something we probably need to talk about but like marijuana like no we don't need to talk about that anymore like you know like we're not going to punish you for that moving on christmas day it's going to be a treat so the matchups for the day is we start off the day with pelicans versus heat then it's golden state versus the bucks and then it's going to be the Brooklyn Nets versus Boston, Dallas Lakers, and then they're going to wrap up the day with Clippers and Nuggets. Jade, which game are you looking forward to the most? I think it's got to be Pelicans heat for me because we're going to be looking at two teams, both of which whose seasons would have ended very differently had they been healthy. Different points in the season 
for both teams, right? You had Zion out for the beginning of the season, and then you had the Heat with the injury rows in the finals. But either of those teams, if they're healthy, have very different seasons than they had, have very different ends to their seasons than they had. The Pelicans are a playoff team if Zion's healthy all year. Right. And the Heat are not a given to lose to the Lakers, in my opinion, if they're all healthy. So I think that's a fun matchup to see both teams at full strength, presumably, and both teams that are on the upswing in terms of where they were a season and two seasons ago. And Shay, what's your favorite matchup of the day? Okay, don't get me wrong. So like Jade, I'm not a really big Christmas fan, but this is my year I'm reclaiming it. I'm like, I, I bought a little tree. It's black though. Like it's not green, it's black. <laughs> nice. And I got a tree. It's, it's yeah, I'm like, it's an anti-Christmas Christmas tree. Yeah. Nightmare before Christmas tree. Exactly. Well, because I watch that every New Year's Eve. Eh, or Christmas Eve. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's how much the holidays suck for me. But and I also bought a Death Star to go on the top of my anti-Christmas Christmas tree. Uh, get it? Because it's like a star on the top. Anyway, I'm really nerdy. So my whole plan this year is to be like as Christmassy as possible and watch every single game start to finish and possibly drink some alcohol during that time. So as much as I'm excited for all of the games because basketball is back, you know, a couple days before it's Christmas, I'm reclaiming it this year. I know that people have already complained that this is not the matchup they care about, but I really can't wait for the Nuggets Clippers. Okay. Like I can't, I'm super stoked and I, I'm just ready and I have to wait till the last game and that sucks, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. You got, you got a game at 1030 for that. Oof. It's a late one. Uh, but Shay, what's your least favorite matchup? Oof, probably the one the Lakers are playing. I don't even remember who they're playing. Like, Down. I know you just said it. Okay, see, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that because I like Dallas as a team. They're also my second favorite 2K team to play with. Like, but I don't want to watch the Lakers. Like, even with Schroeder on the team, I don't want to watch them. I don't want to see LeBron's face. But he might not be playing. I don't know where that went. I just, like... You know, I'm, I'm excited to see Luca again, but I'm not excited to see LeBron. So that's that's that. But I'm excited for all the games. Like, it's hard. It's a hard thing. It's basketball. At this right. point, it's, it's basketball. Uh, Jade, what's your least favorite matchup of the day? So I'm also torn on the Dallas Lakers game because the Mavs are my second favorite team. And I think they're going to retain that position for the season. But... That is Dallas being against the Lakers is enough to drop the Clippers Nuggets game to the bottom of my list because that's going to be the fifth game of the day. I'm going to be toast by then. Like I'll just have watched <laughs> so much basketball <laughs> in multiple ways. I'll have watched so right? much basketball by then that I'm just going to be like, I don't know if I can do another game. And there's nothing about these two teams that would make me power through it. Whatever. Jealous. You're jealous. <laughs> okay. And Jade, what is the dark horse game of the day? Like which game is going to be, you could see be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. I think golden state bucks. I think that could go either way. That's why it's my pick because in terms of a matchup, I don't think that's the great matchup to put against the Bucks, considering where Golden State was last season. And I know they did that because they are expecting both Clay and Steph to be back. Yes, Steph is going to be back. So it's going to be interesting to see if Golden State is good enough right out of the gates to make a competitive game out of this. If they are not, it's going to be surprisingly bad. If they make a game out of it, it's going to be surprisingly good. <laughs> so, Shay, same question. Dark Horse game of the day. So, mine is definitely the Pelicans heats because, because it can go either way. Because if, I mean, the Pelicans made some, some trades, so they're figuring out their stuff. He just came off of being in the finals, and even though they had injuries, they still kept up in the finals much better than I was expecting, even with those injuries. So if they show up and New Orleans doesn't, oh my gosh, that's going to be, I'm like going to take a pause for a nap or something. Like that's the one I'm a little <laughs> worried about because like Pelicans just underperformed in the bubble for me. 
So I'm just like, are they going to underperform at the beginning of this season? Which is weird because we're like at the beginning of the season at Christmas. So, you know, it, it, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Jade, will this be the biggest Christmas Day viewership? I don't know that it will be just because I'm curious to see how interested people are with the Christmas being so close to the beginning of the season, because typically people who are fans of multiple sports, especially football, don't tend to lock in into basketball until after the Super Bowl. And this year we're getting those first games that a lot of people tend to like dismiss for the NBA season. A few, we're starting that a few days before Christmas. So I'm, I'm not really sure how it's going to pan out. I have a feeling the ratings, if anything, if I had to say, are might be a little bit lower than a typical Christmas, just because the games are not going to be as important as if they were months into the season rather than a few days. We do have COVID too, though. So if people can't travel, because like, for example, we... Me and my boyfriend, we're going to go out to California. And now we're like, no, we're honkering down in Brooklyn. So, you know, that's, again, why I'm planning on watching all the games. Because what else do I do? I'm not talking to family or, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sit on Zoom with my family all day. That sounds miserable. Ouch. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Y'all must have good relationships with your parents, you know, those listening who are like, yeah, I want to be on Zoom with my family all day. Like. That's disgusting. I'll call my family, get that over with, probably after a couple glasses of wine. And then, you know, I'll get back to basketball. Like, that's my plan for the day. But if we were traveling out to California, I wouldn't be able to watch all the games. He has some family that are big Lakers fans. So we did watch, like, the Lakers game last year with them. But we didn't get to watch all the games because of family. So it might be different where if if some people who are stuck at home have more time, they might tune in a little more. So I think we got through the questions pretty well. Fast Break is brought to you by PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform, including esports now. A company that leads in social wagering innovation, Join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store today. Sign up and join the movement. Okay, so fast break time when I ask three questions for Shay and Jade that they have no prior knowledge to, and I want to hear their hot, quick take on it. Well, supposedly quick. We try to, but usually doesn't happen. So, Jade, we'll start with you today. Of all the city jerseys that have been released, which one is your favorite one that you've seen? Miami. Miami. And I know there's been a lot of discussion in our belly up basketball group about how Miami keeps going back to Miami vice, but here's the thing. It's baby blue and hot pink. It Miami vice is so badass. Why not keep doing it? Right. Also, I kind of like my colors. Like my entire house is decorated in a palette of magenta, purple and turquoise. So it already kind of fits with my aesthetic sensibilities. So I know that that's a big part of it because nobody else. I also am always a big fan of Charlotte's jerseys because they have those colors that just really speak to me. But like it's Miami Vice, man, like ride it till it's dead and in the ground every year. Shay, what is your favorite city jersey? So I love the Phoenix one. I think it is so cool. And the fact that it says Valley on it. I, when those came out, I'm not even like a huge Suns fan and like Chris Paul going over there is not going to motivate me to buy any Chris Paul stuff. Like I'm, I've never been the biggest fan. I had to deal with him for a season, but you know, like I like those jerseys. Like that makes me want to watch the Suns when they're wearing them because they just look sleek. But I also do want to shout out the Portland ones because they are nodding to like native people in the area, which doesn't happen a lot because when people think of Portland, they think of like hipsters because of Portlandia and just the way that that's been gentrified. So it's cool that Oregon, you know, is, is remembering that it has a huge native population and that the, 
the team is doing something for that. I know, I think they're donating a certain amount to like a native youth organization as well. So they're like actually doing something pretty cool. And they put like a land acknowledgement out. I was like really impressed because, um, you know, native pride. So well, that's something I didn't know. So that's super cool to hear about. Yeah. It was I feel super informed now. Portland for the win. Portland for the win. I mean, they're not my favorite, but they're not the worst. Like, I'm also not a Portland fan. So, like, you know, for them to impress me, I'm like, okay. Shay, question two. Paul George says he wants to retire a Clipper. He said that <laughs> as a Pacer and as an OKC person. Will he retire as a Clipper? No. Because... <laughs> Everything that he does he ends up being the opposite. You like, ugh, I know other OKC fans are still mad about him posting that picture with him and Russ and the cigars. And it says like unfinished business because that's how I feel about every time he makes a statement. I'm like, do you remember unfinished business? And then nothing came out of that season. So except for Russell leaving, was that your unfinished business? So that's how I feel about Paul George's statements like that. I'm like, dude, you're just talking to talk. He's trying to redeem himself. Uh, Jay, do you see him retiring as a Clipper? I don't see him retiring as a Clipper. However, I have a very different take on this. Shoot. Because when I think of it, I think of it in terms of guys I've been in relationships with who Woo! I was fully committed to those relationships until they gave me a reason not to be and I was out. So... Things change. Your commitments change sometimes over time. And sometimes that's a good thing. So I think in his case, I think he was, when he said that about each of those teams, I think he meant it 100% at the time. But life goes on and we don't always get to do the things that we planned to do. And I think it's actually... To me, it actually speaks positively to his character that every place he goes, he is that committed. Because I, I believe that he means it when he says it. Is he going to stay with the Clippers? Of course he's not going to stay with the Clippers. Look at how the first season went. And he's too young in his career to have the Clippers that aren't working be a viable option for him for retirement. Last question of the day, Jade, doing another lineup thing. So... You got KD. I have a notepad this week. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's not as hard as usual. So you have KD, <laughs> Kobe, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Shaq. They're all in their prime. Who are you benching? Oh, crap. <laughs> How are you going to bench one of these people in their prime? prime. Like, if, if you weren't going to go with in your prime, Shaq's easy for me because once he got past his prime, he was lazy and he let himself go and he rested right. on his laurels. But Shaq in his prime was terrifying. Um, okay, you have to keep Shaq because he's your only viable center in this lineup. You have to keep Curry because he's your point guard. You have to keep Kobe because he's Kobe. I'm benching KD because of the three left, MJ, LeBron James, and KD. I think KD does the least to make everyone else better. Shay, KD, Kobe, Steph, LeBron, MJ, or Shaq? Who's going to rock that bench? This is really hard. I'm like, I'm writing on an envelope from my grandma's letter. Um, <laughs> I made the notes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious if like LeBron James, MJ, and Kobe on the same team is worth it. Only because, like, you kind of have similar play in there. Um, so I'm going to be really biased here and just say, get rid of LeBron James. <laughs> That's wow. That. I just, because, yeah, I don't know. That's just, like, a total, like, no evidence in that answer at all. Just other than, like, I don't, like, even as a younger player, I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. So, like, that's that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a clip of Shaq when he was, like, just with the Lakers and Kobe was just coming into his own. And Shaq got the rebound, took it up the court, and threw an alley-oop pass to Kobe. And the caption was, how do you defend a 7-foot-1, 300-pound man going full speed at you and then lob it up to one of the most athletic players that the NBA has ever seen. It's so called like, you defend your own well-being and get the F out of the way. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the clip, but it was when Shaq was with the Phoenix Suns 
and the ball was about to go out of bounds and the entire Phoenix sent Phoenix Suns bench cleared out. And so it was just the chairs there. Shaq didn't die because he just smiled. It was just like, screw you guys. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's good. That makes sense. Wow. We got through a lot today, guys. A lot. This is what oh, happens good. when you have a two-week break with things. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HC Honeys. You can find us on Facebook at Hardcourt Honeys, or you can just find us at Belly Up Sports, where you can find us and plenty of other great podcasts on the site. Before we sign off, though, today, we have a quick heads-up announcement. We are collaborating with this new app called Collide, where we will be having a viewing party opening night. So download the app. It's Collide, so C-O-L-L-Y-D-E, and it is on all app stores right now. And just a quick personal note. This is primarily me saying this, but I'm sure you guys have the same sentiments. Shout out for Cat. He has lost many family members over the past few uh, months. He's lost seven. And it's been taking a real toll on him. So right now, he's having some issues with the fan base because they are saying he needs to get over it. A true fan base will be cheering you on the entire time, Cat. So don't forget that. On that note... Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, honeys and hunks. But now, the countdown for the NBA begins. See you later. <laughs>